Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Mike show and the Bulldog. I have a leg injury and a foot injury right a now. A leg and a foot. Are they on the same side of my body? Side of your body? Yes. yes. Okay. Left. What happened to you? I got stung by a bee. And then I think I got stung by another bee. Oh, come on. I think I did. When did this happen? Last night. Last night? Last night. Who knew? It's Mike Shope. Huh. Just never thought about getting stung by a bee at night. I don't know. But there would still be bees at night. I guess. Not to sound like the flat earth thing. <laughs> there would, well, the bees just don't disappear when it gets dark. Okay. But I've never seen one at night. Well, it's dark. And the bulldog. Maybe they would not be out at night, but you disturbed it. So it came out and said, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, they weren't expecting I, I'm me. In here, I'm in here trying to watch the Vietnam War on PBS, <laughs> and you're you're. What are you doing, sitting down in the chair? It's, uh, this is my time. You are not supposed to. <laughs> right. This is our time. Right. That's what the B said. Right. So, For, on but, behalf of the other bees, on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. Thanks for being along. Hockey night downtown. We're talking playoff picture: Bills, Patriots. And the MVP award, does Josh Allen have life with two games left? 803-0550 to call in. The Ramondre Stevenson IR news is pretty fresh. It's not surprising. Stevenson, think it's high ankle. He's missed the last couple. Ezekiel Elliott has uh, literally and figuratively maybe carried the load for the Patriots. And I think this will be Elliott's first game in Buffalo. He has, I'm looking at his uh, pro football reference, he has two games against the Bills. They would be the earlier meeting this year in Foxborough and the Thanksgiving game in Dallas. But he was not with them in 2015 when Dallas was here. Neither was Tony Romo, who was injured. Darren McFadden was the main Cowboys running back in that game. I'm not sure Elliott was on the team yet. What was his draft year? I don't know. But First game for Zeke in Buffalo in his career. It'll be this week. Let's go to Sam next. Hi, Sam. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. I just I wanted to chat a little bit about the MVP race. And Good. Try not to be a homer on this, trying to look at it objectively uh, with uh, all the different conversations about value and, and value to a particular team. And one of the things that, that struck me is that perhaps when journalists vote on this, and I understand that they've changed – um, the, the system this year where they're, they're looking at int- introducing a ranking system with points. But, you know, I'm wondering if there's some writers out there who don't want to vote or maybe waste a vote on a candidate they, they think, uh, you know, might might be more third place or fourth place. And I wanted to get your take on what you think about a preferential ballot. And, and what that is is 
it's not really assigning any kind of point value, but rather it, it's taking the list of candidates and you could have presumably, you know, one through X, however many you want, and you just rank them. And so what they'll do is they'll, they'll add up all of the first place votes. Uh, whoever has the least amount of votes in that first place category, their votes are redistributed, meaning that whoever voted for them uh, or whoever had a, a second place candidate on that ballot would then get that, that vote. And you you'd have that pile increase until one candidate hit uh you know, a threshold, whether it be 50 plus one or two thirds. But I think that that might allow some writers and journalists that the leeway to say, you know what, I want to vote with my heart and my head together, but not sort of throw away my vote. And you know what, I think this candidate is maybe the most valuable player in the league, but I appreciate that if my horse is out of the race, at least I have another way to impact the overall uh, ranking system. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I, honestly, I'm, kind of confused uh i'm sorry but i'm not sure i understand what this would be and respectfully i'm just going to sort of leave it email me about it if you want i i didn't really follow it and it's not the way it works so i'm trying to ke- i want to keep it in terms of the way it actually works one thing you said that i'll i will comment on like vote with your heart there shouldn't be any heart here it should be whatever it is 50 voters i think it is and yes you're right to point out that i think they are expanding it this year so you might vote i don't know if it's top three or top five but it used to be top one when when lamar jackson won the other time it was unanimous and there were 50 voters and you got 50 votes like you voted for the number one candidate and it might be more interesting and better this way there's no heart, though. Like, you're just voting, you're just trying to be pragmatic and who's the player you think deserves it. And what's interesting about this is that you can look at that many different ways. I've been saying that I could see voters taking this unusual season where no quarterback has pulled away and just been clearly the number one choice, far from it, as a chance to vote for a non-quarterback. And that player right now is Christian McCaffrey. It has been Tyreek Hill at times this year, too. He missed a game, and I don't know, like maybe there's still chance for him or someone else, but I could see that happening and and upending what the odds have looked like, which the odds give McCaffrey a chance. He's the second favorite right now, but um, maybe the betters are, well, they just might not think of it the way I am which is I think that voters might want to take the opportunity to vote against a quarterback because they have a year this year where they can justify it. But they're not going to vote for Trent Williams. You know, like this doesn't – sometimes the best player in the league might be a kicker. You're not voting for the kicker. Like it's a really gray area sort of situation where you can interpret value different ways. I think the problem for Allen, as I've said already today, is that the way the schedule has fallen, the favorite, Lamar Jackson, can clinch the one seed in the conference by beating Miami. And if he does it, I think there's a there's a situation where Baltimore would not need to play its guys next week. And if that happens, he's already the favorite. He probably increases the betting markets, not real votes, increases the lead and maybe would be too tough to beat. But 
as we've been talking about here today, that opens the AFC East up for Allen. If he smashes against New England and then Miami and the Bills take it, that might convince people to come over. I think I would I would probably say that Allen has been the best quarterback in the NFL this year. I think it's really close. To me, there are three answers. There are three players who I think that could be said for. Allen is one, Jackson is another, and Dak Prescott is the third. I don't think Brock Purdy has been one of the best. There's, there's no way Brock Purdy has been the best quarterback in the NFL this year. And thankfully, for my sanity, he bombed on Sunday against a good team that just, he was terrible. He got benched. Then you've got Hurts. And Hertz has not been – he's not on the level he was last year. He's got 15 rushing touchdowns, but it's been a more difficult year for him. It's obviously been a more difficult year for Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, who else? Burrow went away. Like, that that's everybody. Tua, I guess, but no. So, if you said Allen, you think – and the, I, I say there are three, in my opinion, three possible answers because you could look at different metrics – you know, some somebody's always going to look at wins. I think wins are a driving force in voting. Like the, the the betting markets might not have it nailed, but they know from experience. Betters know from experience that almost always the guy who wins the MVP is on a top team. And I think Allen's problem is if the Bills are a wild card. I just don't see how he wins the MVP if the Bills are a wild card. I mean, they didn't win their division, and he's the most valuable player. I think you could probably make a speech that could defend that idea, but I don't see him winning if Miami wins the AFC East. So I think Jackson is, I mean, he is the favorite. McCaffrey is a possibility, which I would not have said a month ago. But every time a quarterback gets to the top of the list, this team loses. Maybe that's a kiss of death for Baltimore. Not that you want that. Uh, for Baltimore this week, if he gets to be the MVP favorite and then crash against Miami. Happy to talk about that game, too, and just like this this season is so good for the possible matchups and just what there is so much on the line for the Bills. I mean, there always is, right? You get to Christmas and you're in playoff contention and okay, like there's always a lot on the line. It's not like it is for Kansas City right now. Kansas City is tilting. They have two Super Bowls. If they lose, they lose. All right? Like I'm not sh- I'm sure that's not how the players would put it, but it, there's yes or no. There's more on the line here for the Bills in the next few weeks than any other team. Yes or no? With because we've we've had the conversation all year. What could be different if they like you know don't make the the Super Bowl or don't make the AFC Championship? They have another year where it's the same old thing. If they stop short, if they win it, I mean you have a team here that is maybe good enough to win it. So it's not like we're talking as we're Indianapolis, where there's. Much less on the line for Indianapolis. They don't even have their quarterback. So they're not playing for a draft pick. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. They might not even make the playoffs. Sure, big game. It'd be nice to make it. It'd be fun. Come on. San Francisco is good for this because San Francisco is similar to Buffalo in that they've been close. 
They've been to the NFC Championship, what, three years in a row? I think that's right. They won it the first year and then lost to the Chiefs, whatever year that is. Three out of four, maybe? What is it? Three out of four or three in a row? They lost to the Rams when the Rams won it. They lost to the Eagles when the Eagles won it. And so we're always talking about windows. They're in one. If Brock Purdy is good, and they probably expect him to be their future, well, I mean, he's super young, rookie deal. There's not the same kind of pressure on in that respect as here. But they've been close. They've made a Super Bowl in this era, in this period of time, um, but haven't won it. So San Francisco's, and they're expected, like, the Bills, a little bit of the pressure's off, I think, maybe, with how they're, maybe they think they were written off or like they're not a favorite in the same way the Niners are right now. So I think Baltimore is also, like if it's not going to be Kansas City, which it still could, these other teams like the Bills and the Ravens and maybe the Dolphins or even Jacksonville, I guess, with Lawrence, I mean, I don't know if they're on the same level, but when you get this opportunity, a Kansas City team that can't score, how many better chances do you think you'll get? Mahomes is still great and will be there a long time. I mean, I don't think the future for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes really looks that much different than it had a year ago. I, I mean, I, he's he's not having a, a good as good a season. The offense is really struggling for them. But, you know, you'd expect, I would expect them to to fix that. And just hopefully, for the Bills' sake, it's not in the next month. Because there's a pretty good chance the Bills are going back there in, in three games. 803-0550. I'd love to hear from more of you. Just, there's so much that's so interesting right now. I just read an update on Russell Wilson that in October, the Broncos approached him to rework his contract contract and take injury guarantees out so that um, they wouldn't be on the hook for the tens of millions they are going into the into next season. And he said no. And they threatened to bench him, reportedly, and they didn't. And they ended up winning here and beating Minnesota and Cleveland and staying in it. So they kept him in there. Like, wow, that is as bad as it has smelled, isn't it, with uh, Wilson and Denver? I mean, they, they are going to owe him just a record amount of dead cap money. Like, it's going to be historic what happens next year with the Broncos and Wilson. But I think they're going to do it. It just seems like it's it's so broken. And for most of two seasons, he's been kind of bad. And they brought in Sean Payton. They invested a ton of money in him. They traded draft picks to be able to hire him. And he's not happy. He's like shouting at Wilson on the sidelines. It's ugly. And I don't know, does Russell Wilson get another starting job? The the Bills have this really interesting set of scenarios right now. As you might remember from previous years and other seasons, we'd be talking about just like the free agent quarterback market and the draft. And I, I know in some places that's exactly what they're talking about, including New England. But um, not here. Just like there are going to be, as as there usually are, a pretty decent number of um, changes at quarterback. Like Kirk Cousins is one. Kirk Cousins is up in Minnesota, tore his Achilles, 
they've missed him. Does he end up staying there on some sort of new deal or going to free agency? Does somebody want to take a shot on Wilson? I think I would bet no. And he'll be owed so much money that maybe he retires or, I don't know, like would he be want, want to be a backup somewhere? I have no idea. But um, I would not expect him to be back in Denver no matter how much it costs. It seems like it's that bad. New England, Bill's opponent Sunday, they have won a couple to maybe wreck their draft status. It's not bad yet. 4-11 is still one of the worst records in the NFL. But they've beaten the Steelers and the Broncos back-to-back on the road as they come here. I could see this game being a a, a challenge for the Bills, like a problem. I'm not going to predict them to lose. Uh, But they have lost to New England once this year. That defense is good, and they haven't quit. And talking to Mike Giardi earlier about the Pats, like, I mean, are they playing for Belichick per se? They have competed in these games and won them. There might be something to be said along those lines. Um, But I think, you know, like, what would the Bills be to the Patriots players at this point? They have the win this year already. They have that game last year, Naheem Hines off of Hamlin. And the Bills, is New England, New England's alive at that point, right? And the Bills just pretty much smack them. I mean, it was a competitive game. It was a close enough game. Not like the playoff game two years ago when it's just like historically bad for New England. They couldn't stop the Bills on one possession. You know, a lot of these guys would have lived through that. And, you know, I, I feel like we think some teams quit when it gets late like this. But um, not all of them do when the signs are actually pretty good for the Patriots in that way. So 12-point favorite, I mean, it would be a shocking upset. So I'm not, gonna, I'm not predicting an upset, but I doubt New England just is terrible, on, especially on defense in this game. And I want to bring up again, uh, li- earlier today, Allen spoke about Stephon Diggs and a lack of relative lack of production. He was talking about how, well, maybe teams aren't as inclined or aren't going to be want to be as inclined to double him because we have all these other players who can do damage. And I, I put that on the table for you as well because really while the Bills have gotten back in it here and won three straight, it's still hard to predict what they're going to get from anybody among their skill position players past Diggs. And Biggs and Diggs is not doing a heck of a lot, and I think this this um, I think the the coverage he's seeing is probably the biggest reason for that. Game script can be a reason, like they're blowing out Dallas. Some jet game, if you want to go back that far. Some of these games they haven't really needed to force it to him, but really, you know, teams are focused on him, and you've had what happen around him. You've had games where. Davis caught literally no passes. In L.A., Cook didn't catch a pass. Kincaid has one in the last two weeks. It's a a more committed effort to run the ball around Cook. Like, they've leaned on him even within that. And after that, it's questionable right now. It's Josh Allen running for touchdowns from inside the the 10 or the 5-yard line. I don't know. How good do you feel? about the Bills offensively overall right now. 
803-0550. I have to stop talking for a minute or two here. We'll have the update. Sabres pregame at 6.30. Bulldog is off. This is Mike Shope on WGR. He's so mentally and physically tough, and like he continues to push through because it is a long year. But when I talk to him about it, come game time, he's ready to go. And so I don't think it's as much of rookie wall thing as it is just sometimes the ball finds you and sometimes it doesn't. And there were a number of plays last week where he was the primary target and it got... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Taken away, so you know Josh had to go through his progression there, so he's going to continue to be a big focus of our offense. Sean McDermott on Dalton Kincaid. Still uh, Bulldog looking good for he'll finish top two on the Bills in catches. I mean, he McDermott can say a number of plays. He's not going to give you an actual number. I would love to know what it is. Where Kincaid was the prime, like A or the. There's a difference again. The primary target. He was targeted two times in that game, and he was targeted two, two times against Dallas. Sorry. Like... Of course he's not going to say he's hit the rookie wall. No coach would ever say that. He has been injured. I've wondered about Kincaid's health. I mean, they're, these are important, almost must-win games. But come on, like four targets in two games, one catch for seven yards. Tell me again how integral he's supposed to have been in their offense. I mean, I'd love to see it. I mean, we all would, right? We'd love to see who who is going to be. Maybe it changes every week. Who is going to be the player in this offense that the Bills can trust? Maybe it just has to be different every week. Is it Kincaid as a rookie late in the game here? Is it Davis, who's had three bagels in five weeks? Is it Cook, who fumbled twice and didn't catch a pass in L.A. even though they were losing a lot? This is the Chargers. Like, Who is it going to be? Or is Diggs going to double his kind of production because that's almost what you need to get it back on on track they are winning that's the that's the object but um i don't know like i I, i'm not i'm not pessimistic about this i just think it is fair to mention that they're not getting like Allen's last two games the passing numbers are just super small he's so efficient 
converting in the red zone, the Bills do not have that problem, to say the very least. I mean, is it Knox? Is it one of the other receivers that some kind of barely play? Hmm. 803-0550, what's your take on that? Talking a lot about the MVP today. It's a really good race. Josh Allen is live in it. But um, not the favorite. Lamar Jackson is the favorite. And I'm trying to figure out whether or not there's a path for Allen to win with Jackson and the Ravens hosting Miami this week. A win in that game would clinch the one seed for Baltimore. Maybe he'd even sit in Week 18, already the betting favorite. It still wouldn't mean that he would win, but he would probably improve his odds if that were the situation. The AFC East would still be in play, and maybe there's a way where Allen could wedge his way in. I think if Miami wins at Baltimore and that clinches the AFC East for Miami, I doubt Allen has much of a chance. I think they're not going to vote a wildcard team's quarterback the most valuable player. So it's uphill, but it's still possible, in my opinion. Maybe uh, you have a different thought on that. One other, so I don't vote for this award if I need to say so. One other thing that I'll just throw it out there, could enter in a voter's mind. I mean, these are, most of these voters have been covering the league for many years, and I think they would take this obligation very seriously. I, I, I would expect it from every single one, almost every single one, that you'd really want, when I voted for the Heisman, at least for a Several years when I was doing it, I did get a little bit more casual about it later on. But this is 50 people. If, if I voted for this award, I would just pour over statistics, opinions. Like, I would want to consider every argument. You know, I'd want to think that I had done a comprehensive effort, made a comprehensive effort to know what to do here. So the the award is for, like, this year – individually, but naturally you might think of other years, careers, right? Like Patrick Mahomes uh, has won two. He is probably not winning this year. If you were having a little bit of a better year, like do you want to give him a third one? I think that can enter into the thinking. Maybe it shouldn't, but sort of the legacy stuff, uh, career achievement. Here's Russell Wilson again, but a couple of years ago, maybe three, remember Chris Collinsworth talking about this, and we brought it up in here a few times, how like Wilson had never gotten a vote. He'd won a Super Bowl, he'd gone to another, he'd had all these great seasons, but he'd never gotten a single vote. And the thinking, whatever year that was, the thinking was that like if it's close, voters would lean toward Wilson because he's had a career worthy of it. He just hasn't won the MVP. If you were to think about this vote a little bit with that kind of thinking in mind, so Jackson has already won a Most Valuable Player Award in 2019, unanimously. And everybody thinks like that season was a better season than this one. They were a one seed that year. People are comparing, some people are comparing his numbers this season to that one, and they pale in comparison to that one. He led the league in touchdown passes the year and he ran around everybody like it was just case closed this would be his second list of players 
to have won two MVP awards that are not in the Hall of Fame. Ready? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Two MVPs is not the Hall of Fame, but those guys will all make it. Obviously, Rodgers and Brady will make it. I think Mahomes maybe already has earned that. He's got a ways to go. Rodgers and Brady are locks. You win two. Rodgers has won four. Brady has won three. Peyton Manning won five. I wonder what it would look like if Jackson won a second. And I wonder if somebody would be like, hmm, I mean, are we there yet? Are we Are we to two-time MVP winner? I could see some people thinking, let's slow down. And if it's close, and I think Jackson and Allen is really close, and maybe McCaffrey, I've said a lot, I think McCaffrey, I can't bet on it, but I might bet on McCaffrey to win. Because I think, again, I'm sorry I'm saying the same things over and over for some of you who are listening all the time, but that this is a year where you could maybe vote against quarterbacks because nobody has just dominated that. Here's Jeff next. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, just getting back to your comment about Russell Wilson and whether or not he sticks around in the league, provided he leaves Denver. Uh, with the league, so many injuries at quarterback, especially this year, and with Flacco having such a great end-of-the-year performance, is there room for him on a bench even as a backup to somebody or a mentor where he might have some life later on? Is it worth it to a team to even do that? Thanks. What What do you think? Um, you're not You're not just asking me, right? You have a take on this. I think Wilson is still a very good quarterback. I just don't think he's in a good situation. Um, I don't think he was impressive at all last year, but this year he seemed to do pretty well. So I always liked him in Seattle, and I think he still, it seems like he wants to play. I don't really know him, but I think he's probably got some room. And, you know, there's a lot of older quarterbacks in the league today, not just Aaron Rodgers, but there's some older quarterbacks that seem to, be doing pretty well so I think there's room for it yeah I just don't know that there's a team or a situation that would be a good fit and monetarily you know also coming into play there yeah and that's relevant of course um how much money he's owed would that mean something to his desire to play or and who knows those answers I mean of course you and I don't I don't think he's been good at all like to me I think maybe that that's the difference, maybe Jeff, between you and me is like you think it's just the situation. I think he's been terrible. He was horrendous last year, and Nate Hackett took the bullet. He he couldn't have because of the financial commitment, and it's even to some right now. Would it would be? It seems like it would be shocking if he were cut next year, but he's got to be cut next year. And there are signs that the coach can't deal with him and has never wanted to. In <laughs> Sean Payton. So I think he's out of there. I think he's been pretty bad. And whatever the money is could make the difference between whether he plays next year as a starter or anything. You know, like he's 35. That's not too old, like you're saying. But I'm sorry, like we're just guessing as to what his mental state would be about it. Like this has probably been humiliating, Denver. They make this and just like it, you could be really hard to deal with it mentally. They made this huge conv- uh, commitment to him, all this money, all these picks, everything, and this is what's happened. It happens in sports. It's like he's not the first. So does he want to go to Atlanta 
and try to prove himself again? Maybe. Guys are very driven. I think that could make sense. Would it make sense for Atlanta? Atlanta and Washington are two. And there was Wilson to Washington stuff before he was traded to Denver. Philadelphia, right? He was supposed to. Philadelphia wanted him. That's how fickle it all is. People who tell you, like, Brandon Bean or some general manager good at drafting, not good at drafting, you know, evaluating talent. It's just like it's so small a difference between successful and not, good and not. Howie Roseman gets more credit in the NFL for his personnel decisions and the way he operates during the draft than any other GM. I think it's not even close. And he wanted Wilson. Like they were going to do that with Hertz there. They were going to trade for Russell Wilson, and Wilson wouldn't go. So, like, no, nobody's really that much better at this. Um, Atlanta and Washington, though, two teams that if I were doing this job in those markets, I would be losing my mind, and it would have started a long time ago. Ron Rivera, in so he's taking Sam Howell out now. It's incredible how badly mismanaged that position has been under Ron Rivera in Washington. So bad that it's impossible to think he could actually still be working there, for me. Howell is the younger one, and they've been out of it all year, pretty much like since the midpoint of the season, or if not earlier than that. And so he's the one you play when you're out of it, as opposed to Jacoby Brissett. Brissett's the guy probably you play in the beginning, unless you think it's poss- like realistic that Sam Howell is really good, that was the minority opinion before the season. Now what's happened is Howell has kind of imploded, so now he's taking him out with two games left and the season over for Brissett. Just totally mismanaged. Atlanta's guy, Arthur Smith, is similar. He's got Desmond Ritter. This is, The whole organization is just yikes. They're drafting Pitts and London and Bijan all with super high picks with no quarterback plan at all post-Matt Ryan. It's Desmond Ritter. Smith has the nerve to mock everybody out here for thinking a quarterback change might be right in Atlanta. What did he call it? Toxic groupthink. Week later, he makes the move for Taylor Heineke. Two weeks after that, he switches it back. Then he switched it back again. Drafting all these skill positions when you have a quarterback that can't play. Just like, how do you uh, end up there? Well, maybe we had, you know, our moments here with the Bills where that's kind of how it was. But um, here I am talking to myself in this room and I'm just getting worked up about the Falcons. It feels like living a little bit, but also maybe like wasted energy. 803-0550 to call in. Sabres Bruins pregame 630 tonight here on WG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. I'm Mike Shope. Some of you are probably heading downtown to the hockey game tonight. Not until 6.30 do we have pregame, 7.30 game. It's a TNT broadcast, Sabres and Bruins. I don't know. I'm not, uh, obviously you can tell, I'm not talking about the Sabres very much. I know when I was off last week, Bulldog had a day on it just after that Columbus loss. I know they also beat Toronto bad the next night. Kind of hilarious, but this season is going nowhere. I mean, not to, not to depress you, but they're 14 and 21. Like That's pretty bad. And be careful if you want to do the, the mental gymnastics of, well, they're only seven points behind. The season's almost half over, and the Sabres have not shown any consistent ability to demonstrate that they should be bought into. What, what what would you use to buy into them? You know, some high-end talent. Last year was good. You've got, you've got Don Granato on the station this morning. Like, yeah, you know, I guess, I'm sorry, because I'm going to probably sound biased here, and this is not a, this is not a quote. He's talking about how the, the commitment to, you know, defense and being more, you know, solid overall maybe cost them their identity. I know he said, use those words. And like, what are we doing here? Whose job is that to know, you know, you can find out and you could regret it, but it's just hard to buy into this as a serious team. Like what one time recently Bulldog and I were talking about whether the Los Angeles chargers would hire Bill Belichick if Belichick left the Patriots. And I decided that I think that they could because that's like the the power, the coaching great, like the big coach move is not something the Chargers have tried many times. Brandon Staley, Mike McCoy, you know, like they just, Norv Turner, right? The Chargers have not exactly been the team to go out and get, even Sean Payton, say what you want. This doesn't have to work. What's the closest the Sabres have done to this? Like since Scotty Bowman, it, uh, Bilesma, Bilesma rated a little bit, like he was a cup winner, but you've got Eichel and maybe Reinhardt and guys that just like everything's invested in them and everybody's butting heads and just personalities and probably also hockey, you know, strategy just, it just imploded. And then it was Phil Housley, which was just not a serious choice. And Granado has been a nice idea development coach and he's very I think likable but are you a serious team I mean your season's almost half over you're buried almost already again it's 12 years in a row what's the what's the plan just let the season play out and get come in around where their new over under point total is which is 81 you're nowhere near the playoffs on that line so You know, it sounds like even the head coach himself is saying coaching philosophy helped hold his very team back. 
I'm like, okay, well, we have a problem then. And it's it's not too late, but it's hockey will mess with you because overtime losses and it always looks a little closer than it really is. You've got numerous teams to be better than. You got to get you got to get hot. The the best thing the Sabres have done this year is these, you know, once in a while really impressive performances. And then, you know, they lose nine to three or nine to four. Just I'm having a tough time taking them seriously, and that's been most of the last decade for me. Let's get back to football. Unless you know you want to sort of ride along here. Not to I hate to, hate to be like this on a game night. A little bit of a buffer before the pregame show. Just telling you it's what I do. I'm telling you how I feel. 803-0550 for your calls. This is Mike Shope on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.